Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, in Ahmadahu, when a stain of who, when a stock for who, when a minu be he, when a tobacco alley. When all the Billahimin, Shururi and Fusina women say ye at Malina. May the Hillahu Fala Mazilla, my Yulil Fala Hadiella. When a shadow and la ilaha in the lahu, Wahduhu la Sharikala. When a shadow Anna Sayyidina, Malana, Muhammad and Abduhu, and a Sulu Amala. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إنما يخشى الله من عباده الأولماء صدق الله العظيم اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد ومبارك وسلم. So actual bayan is after Isha inshallah. This is actually a talk to explain who the Akabir Ulama Uliya Deoband were and what were their lives and teachings that we can learn from today and in what sense the Ulama of today, young Ulama or older Ulama who come from that tradition can learn from their lives and examples to do service and khidmat and dawat of deen in this country and in this world and in this time that we live in. Mashallah, I'm in and they I, once before I had come to England, once a person had told me that Dewsbury is the Dewband of England. Allah Akbar Kabila. Ajeeb, Allah Akbar. But just to show you, just that name with that nisbat made me very curious and interested to come one day and see uh, Dewsbury. Hmm? Allah Akbar Kabila. But it takes a little bit more than that to become the Dewband of England. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hmm. First thing is that this word Deobandi is not the name of any sect or any aqidah or any particular even manhaj of deen. Actually, it's the simply a continuation of what is called Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'ah, the same understanding and practice and teaching of deen that Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam taught to Sahabi Kram radiallahu ta'ala anum ajma'ina and they transferred to Tabain from then to Tabai Tabain and then all the way up till this time. Deoband is the name of a place where Allah Ta'ala raised some very special awliyaullah ulama who took this mission of true authentic deen and they raised that up in the face of British colonialism, in the face of different bidat, in the face of all types of different fitnas that we're going to talk about briefly. Dilbandi is not the name of a masjid, the Dilbandi is not the name of a sect, Dilbandi is not the name of a person. Alright? But yes, they were people who have nisbat with that place. And then it became a word used for people who had nisbat with that Darul Uloom and with that teaching. But in reality, it goes way back, way before. Okay? So that's the first thing. Second, is that these great ulama and awliya, they were living in a time of great fitna. And this is something that me and you can't imagine. And I can tell you, being a person who lo- loves history and reads and studies a lot of history, still I can't imagine what it would be like to live under colonial rule. <laughs> what it is like to live when you're not free. <laughs> And on top of that, to be such strong believers as these great ulama mashayikh were, and to live under non-Muslim imposed colonial rule. We can't imagine what that is like. To give you an example, 
before the whole Darlum Deoban as an institution movement took off. Obviously there were ulama before in Hint. There was teaching of hadith before in Hint. This goes back to Shah Waliullah Muhammad's daily vinamtai, bringing of teaching of hadith and teaching of ilm and mantik and Quran that's going even before. But what happened in the British don't worry by the way because of what I'm going to tell you and I will give you even one two references from Western Cambridge Oxford British historians. So there's nothing radical about what I'm about to tell you. It's plain historical fact that is actually taught at Oxford and Cambridge. There's nothing to be shy about, alright? There was a lot of oppression in the British colonial period, especially on ulama, especially to wipe out and erase this strong tradition of learning. So there's a British historian, his name is Hardy. He's written a book called The Making of British India. The Making of British India. And he writes himself in that book how the British hung ulama by trees on the road so that when you would go on that road and path on both sides, left and right, ulama were hanging on trees. Hmm? Okay, because I don't want to go too much into that. But there's even now in the British Library, British colonial records in which they're in their own writing, they're writing on how the system of learning of Islam is the greatest obstacle they face in their colonial mission. So by the time that this had been going on for decades and decades, and obviously when these ulama were murdered like that and this colonialism took place, the Ilmi tradition had started to go very down in India, very down. So then Allah subhanahu wa raised. And it's not just a story, it's a reality. There's literally a tree, and there was one ustad, one teacher, and one student, and they began studying deen again. And then this earliest generation, so sometimes I will use this term, akabir, akabir of Deoband. So who is that? So I'm going to give you my own definition for today only, right? And that is what I call the first three generations of Deoban. So first generation is Mulana Qasim Na Nautu Ram Taale, Mulana Rashida Magangoy Ram Taale, Sheikh Ashraf Ali Ram Taale. Second generation is Hazrat Sheikh Al Hind, Mulana Sina Madhi Ram Taale. Okay? And third generation, or maybe the end of the third generation, is Alama Anwar Shah Kashmir Ram Taale, Hazrat Mulana Muhammad Ilyas Khan Delvi Ram Taale. And then that's, we still have Ulama of Deoband, obviously, after that and up till now. But these first three generations would be called Akabir. So the way that these ulama and uliya revive deen will be what we call the mushtarak sifat. What was it that each and every single one of them in each of these three generations had in common? That's what I'm going to call Deobandi. Many of us today are Deobandi. We don't have all of those things. <laughs> we have only some of those things. We're not full strength. We're not full dose. Hmm? We're a bit diluted. Maybe more than a bit diluted. Hmm? But what they had was a very khas, special, collective, combined set of attributes. And even some of our Muslim historians say that there's only few times in history when there was any jinat, any group of people who had all of those attributes. And they said the first group obviously like that was jinat al-sahaba, radiyallahu ta'ala, what were some of the things that they did? 
So broadly speaking, we're going to talk today about Akida, Ilm, Tasawwuf, Dawah, and Khidma. And pretty much in that order also is how it happened historically. So the first one, his name is Mulana Muhammad Qasim Nanotri Mulatala. And one of the great things that he did was in the field of Akidah. So what happened at that time, there were some huge fitnas. One was a fitna that you have heard about, uh, which was much more intense at that time than anything you see in England today, which was the fitna of Brilviet. And certain extreme adherence to extreme aqaid, which are actually very wrong in our deen. Extreme exaggeration about Nabi Akrim, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Alright, so Sheikh Malala Qasim Nanotri Mulatala and others led this effort to make clear what are the proper aqaid of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah which go back to the original time of Sahabi Kram radiallahu ta'ala anumajma'in. Second fitna that also came in that time was also, the real fitna was before and during that time. Second fitna that came within that time is the fitna of Qadiyaniyat. Allahu Akbar. Mirza Walam Qadiani I don't even like to give him the name Ahmad in his word I don't even like to Don't call them Ahmadi <laughs> They're not worthy of any way Even the word Ahmad anywhere So Mirza Walam Qadiani That's it I don't call Mirza Walam Ahmad Qadiani hmm? He claims he's a prophet hmm? Now can you imagine being alive at that time hmm? You know for some of us Who are in the field of Dawa Or Ilm Or however you want to call it Sometimes we hear some of the crazy ideas, some of these modernist reformists, they try to talk about that change Islam like this, change Islam like that. And we get worried and then we see people are listening to them and people are following them and it hurts our hearts so much that what's the matter? How can a person listen to them? How can they believe this type of stuff? That can you imagine how these great Akabar must have felt that this fellow, Mirza, Kazab, is claiming to be a Nabi and Muslims are believing him and leaving Islam and accepting his nubuwa. Allah Akbar Kabira. But look at their zarf also. Have you ever thought nobody killed Mirza Ghulam? Nobody did qatl. There was no attack. There was no bomb attack on him. No. Because our ulama had this ajeeb understanding tahammul zarf. He lived. He died on this pathetic way. But he died of natural causes. He's not murdered in any way. It's also something to understand in history. There's another big fitna. So British colonial occupation fitna, Brailvi fitna, Qadiani fitna. Next fitna was that the British, and this is all documented in the British Library, part of their colonial effort was evangelical missionary activity to try to convert the people to Christianity. Hmm? So I'll tell you a personal story. Hmm? I don't think I've ever told this publicly. Allah my my father's nana my great grandfather was Patan in Banu Lucky Marwat part of NWFP my great grandfather he converted from Islam to Christianity because of the evangelical missionary movement during the British period and he was so impressed by their akhlaq and their adhan but then when he converted to Christianity and then he became Christian and he became with them, then he saw... Can you raise my voice? Can you raise the mic? Please? 
So when he actually converted to Christianity and then got to see them up close, then he saw that these people actually, they're not sincere. And they've come to this country to loot the resources and it's actually all about money and economics. Alhamdulillah, he converted back to Islam. And when he converted back to Islam, he became the very first Islamic studies teacher at this famous college in Lahore called Aitchison College. So in some sense, teaching Islam in Lahore is in my blood. Hmm? Ah. But to show you like that, see, even my own family is to have it. So don't think these are just stories, this happened. These are evangelical Christian missionaries. That's another big fitna. Another fitna. Fifth fitna. There was a Hindu movement at that time called Arya Samaj. The Arya Samaj initially started to counter the Christian evangelical missionaries who were converting Hindus to Christianism, Christianity. And so what the Arya Samaj did is they tried to like kind of adopt or adapt Hinduism in a type of monotheism. But then what they started to do is they also tried to start converting Muslims. So all of these fitnas combined. Hmm? Now we can tell you how hard it is to set up an institute in times of peace and independence without any false prophet alive in the time, without these massive fitnas. Can you imagine how hard it must have been? Hmm? So actually it means it only happened due to the karam and fazl of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is all minjana billah, how Allah Ta'ala raised this group of people. Otherwise it's khilaf, it's against the asbab, against qiyas, against rationality, that in such circumstances this movement of Dawlam Dilban could have arisen. So Shaykh Mulan Qasim Ta'ala was a master in this of Aqidah. And then what he started to do, because the Arya Samaj especially, the Christians a little bit less, but they also did it, would have debates, they would challenge other religions to have debates. So Alhamdulillah Allah for this job and he used to travel India and debate the Hindu gurus and debate the Christian priests about the haqqaniyat of deen of Islam. Allahu Akbar Kabira. He was like the champion of the Muslims. And he won every single debate. Every single one that he was in. Allahu Akbar Kabira. Obviously because deen is haq. When haq comes, and he was haq. Allahu Akbar Kabira. At, at that time, in that capacity of his, debating the Hindus and the Christians, then all the Muslims were behind him. And this was another barakah of that, that the Muslims became united against this common uh, sort of threat of this evangelical Hindu and Christian movements. So there are many, many stories of Shaykh Qasim Nanothri Mulatala and later Mulana Khalil Ahmad Saran Puri Mulatala. If I was to continue along this Akkad line, then the next main of the Akabir, uh, and he unfortunately is a bit less well known. We take his name a little bit less, even though he was the Ustaz and Shaykh of Hazrat Shaykh Ladis Muhammad Muzakarir Mulatala. Her Shaykh was Hazrat Amtakan the Rai Puri Amtala, but the Ustaz, Hazrat Khalil Rahman Saran Puri, Hazrat Khalil Ahmad Saran Puri Amtala. So this was one major effort to outline the correct aqaid. Because for a person to be true in deen and for deen to be established, the first thing is called tasheeful aqaid, to have the right aqidah. 
So that's what quote-unquote Diobandi means Ahl-Sunnah Jamaat. The first and foremost thing is to have the right and true aqaid about din. And also the work of the ulama, one of their jobs is that if there's any false aqidah out there, they must rise to that challenge. So to show you an example of this before, the ulama of Deoband was Imam al-Ghazayr Again, that was a different time. On one hand, Islam was ghalib, there's no colonial rule. Islam was the greatest civilization on earth at the time of Imam al-Ghazayr And he was living in Baghdad after moving from Nishapur to Baghdad, which was the cradle of Islamic civilization, the intellectual center of the world hmm, at that time. But a false Akida had come up before his time, which was the philosophy of Ibn Sina, who himself was taking from the philosophy of the Greeks. And what happened at that time was the intellectual elites in Baghdad were becoming so impressed by Ibn Sina's philosophy. And they were getting all philosophical and intellectual. Hmm? And at that time, they, if they had knew the word, they would have used the word modern. <laughs> it's not so different from today. The history repeats itself. It's guaranteed. Even Nabi Akrim, he told us, it's in hadith, that my ummah will fall into the same pits and traps that the Ahl Kitab, any of the Jews and Christians did. History repeats itself. So Imam al he rose to this challenge. First, he studied all of that philosophy. He studied, he writes himself, he studied for two years, he studied that. Then he wrote a book on it, just to make sure he understood it, called Maqasid al-Falasifah. Then he wrote a second book to refute it, Tahafid al-Falasifah. He rose to the challenge. Hmm? So this is a duty that different ulama have to do in time. Previous to him, Imam Abu Hassan al-Ashri refuted the Mu'tazila creed. So the same great history. Malana Qasim now note that Malana is reviving that. And Malana Khalil Ramatala is reviving that. So this is the first thing, this is known as Tasir al-Aqaid. So today what would that mean? Hmm? So today there are certain fitnas out there, such as atheism, such as certain parts of secularism, certain even parts of liberalism, that are challenges to Iman. Now obviously, mashallah, in a place like Dewsbury, inside Zakaria Masjid in Dewsbury, maybe this may not seem to you that this is a major issue. But believe me, there is no shortage of Muslims in this country whose Iman is becoming shaky or who are having skeptical doubts about their Iman because they're being exposed to many of these philosophies. Hmm? So the quote-unquote Bandi way would be what? To rise to the occasion and study those things and to refute them. But not every alam is to do this, right? In fact, as you ask me, as few ulama as possible. Because the jurists, they have a saying, That which is necessary will only be deemed necessary to the extent necessary. Hmm? Hmm? Leave it to Mufti Al-Rahman in London. Huh? Yeah, and one or two others like that, but it's enough. Two, three, four, max, but as few as possible. Because it's not an easy thing to do. <laughs> There's a lot of danger, you know, like when the fireman goes to fight the fire, you could get burnt yourself. <laughs> There's a lot of danger in fighting fire. And if you don't have full protective gear, <laughs> and you don't have enough water to put out the fire, you're pretty much going to get burnt yourself. Take it. 
پر مولانا قاسم نہ نوترے اللہ تعالیٰ اللہ اکبر کے بینا فور پروٹیکٹو گیئر لار آف نور لار آف تکوا لار آف علم آل دا واٹر ٹو پر آؤٹ دا فائر سو دیٹس انادر پرابلم وی ہیو وی ڈونٹ ہیو پیپل لائک دیٹ اینڈ مور ویئر آر دوز شائننگ لائٹس دیٹ کین ایلومنیٹ دا ڈارکنس دا ڈارکنس از دیئر بٹ دا لیمپس ہیو گون آؤٹ دس از دا پرابلم دا کریکولم از دیئر سلیبس از دیئر یہ نور از ناٹ جسٹ فرام دا یہ نصابی نور نہیں ہے یہ نسبتی نور ہے یہ ایک الگ چیز ہے خیر سو دس از ون ایسپیکٹ سو آئی جسٹ گیو یو لٹل بیکاز یو نو ناٹ سو مچ ٹائم یو کین لٹل ٹچ آن دیز ڈفرنٹ ٹاپکس سو ون ایسپیکٹ آف اٹ واز عقیدہ عقائد تصحیح العقائد سیکنڈ جسٹ مور مور رحمۃ اللہ کرآن بن رحمت اللہ اظہار الحق عجیب کتاب آن کرسچینٹی یو کین ناٹ فائنڈ اے بک لائک دیٹ ان اینی لینگویج پرابلم on Christianity, on Brilvi, on Kadiani, or whatever the Batil Akkad were. They understood it, they analyzed it, they wrote about it, they debated about it. Allah Akbar Kabir. Jeez. Second was ill. So here actually Malana Qasim Namnotin Hamtanai and Malana Shidam Gagoyir Hamtanai were together responsible basically for the institution of Darulam Deoban. Otherwise in some sense they were the first students But that wasn't Darloom. They were the first students in this new movement. But the institutional establishment was led by these two. And there are many others also, but these are the two most. Now in that, Ajib, Mawana Qasim al-Nodrim al-Tala has written in his biography that he never actually himself personally taught sabak in Darloom Dirban. Never taught sabak. Rather he had a room and he would sit there And number one, make fikr. Number two, he would do tarbiyat and the satazah. Number three, he would do tarbiyat and the talab. It means he would train the teachers, mentor the students. He was constantly calling in teachers, students into his room, individually, small groups. That's all he did. And he laid the groundwork. He made a school for Dharun Devan. Focused, focused. Actually himself did not teach. Allah Rashid Ahmad Gagorim Allah was the first Ustad al-Hadith. And when he used to teach Dora Hadith, he taught it all on his own. One man. Hmm? All Dora Hadith taught by Hazrat Rashidah Magagoyim Allah Ta'ala. Akbar Kibira. Jeeb. And his, at least, Takrir of Bukhari Sharif and Tirmidhi Sharif, due to the Barakah of Hazrat Sharif Al-Ismah Zakariya exists in Arabic. They both exist. Hmm? Allah Ma'am may have looked at them or studied them or looked at them when they were in Dora. Ilm al-Hadith. Now, what did Hazrat Rashid Amagoyatai do? He used this teaching of Hadith to, number one, also repel all the wrong Akkad. And second, the special thing of Hazrat Rashid Amagoyatai was to counter the bidat that existed at that time. Even if it meant he bought Barik Nazak Masnaib. Even if it meant writing to his own shaykh <laughs> in disagreement about certain, certain minor detailed jizyad concepts. Hmm? With Hazrat Hadiyam Dadullah, Mahajir Makiram Tamil. In fact, our own ulama who've written histories of Dilban, they say that even Hazrat Hanviram Tamil, although most people think Hazrat Hanviram was the most strict one, even Hazrat Hanviram Tamil was starting to become a bit lenient. 
on certain issues, so that's too technical to discuss with you. And Hazrat Gangoyer Ramta is the one who brought everybody in line. Use the teaching of Hadith for that. Then through his teaching of Hadith, pure teaching of pure Hadith, he brought everyone on Sunnah. Sunnah Rasul, Sunnah Allah Deep ittibai Sunnah and to understand Deen on the basis of Sunnah. Take your deen on the basis of sunnah. And anybody who has studied it, we know that the greatest thing about our mother's system is Torah Hadith. That's the special thing. Otherwise, you can study Jalalain in Egypt and Syria and Turkey. Mm-hmm. You can study these books of Hanif, especially in Turkey and Sham. It's all guns, hidayah, everything is going on. But the Torah Hadith experience, Allahu Akbar Kabira. This began, the bani of that whole experience is Hazrat Rashid Ahmad and it's still alive today and it's still the most incredible thing about studying in the mother son. Hadith, 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 hadith. This, this, but, and I, all these things have been going on before as a Shavuot al-Mahadir. is the first one who brought the real teaching of Seha Sitta into Barisagir in the Indian subcontinent. So this was Hazrat Rashid al And another aspect of their ilm which is now moving further in the generations, was then to start writing lots of books in Urdu. This is now third generation. Lot of books in Urdu. Tafsir, Marfu Quran, Kishafi, Marfu Quran, Mala Idris Khandeli, Shuruhat, commentaries on Hadith, all of Hadith translated into Urdu. Then commentaries on them in Urdu. Then lots of works on Fiqh, on Sira, on Tafsir, all of it. Why? Because the ulama in Arabic, especially at that time, those ulama were masters of Arabic. For the Amunas, Amutanas, because they were their fikr that people should learn ilm. People need to know ilm. And they don't need to become an alim to know ilm. So we're not going to, they don't need, they're not going to know Arabic, because they're not going to become an alim. So what we will do is we will put all of this ilm into Urdu. So much Urdu, literary output from the ulama of Deoband, that before them, the number two language in Islam was Persian, in terms of books and literary output. Due to the efforts of ulama of Deoband, now the number two language is Urdu. Now the most books are in Arabic, and the second most books are now in Urdu. Because of the huge literary writing of the ulama of Deoband. So this is also a myth that some people, like, you know, certain groups, I won't take their name, but the certain different modernist political type groups, they tell this false tale that, oh, these ulama, they want to keep ilm with themselves, and they don't want you to know, and they don't want you to learn yourself, and they want you to only blindly follow them. So I ask them, why in the world then would these ulama spend so much time translating and writing these books in Urdu if... They're what you say, that they wanted to keep people away from ilm. The best way to keep people away from ilm is to keep all the ilm in Arabic and not to let any of it come in any language that is accessible to you. So the proof is in the pudding. And at that time, unlike today, at that time the people did know Urdu and the people did read Urdu. And alhamdulillah, the books of these ulama, like especially, let's take now Sheikh Ashwali Tanuram it's not like one or two people read them. Thousands and thousands, mass printing, mass publishing, mass readership of these books. Hmm? Especially the works of Sheikh Ashraf Ali Tanri, Allah Akbar Kabira. 
Hmm? So give it ill to the people, ill to the people. So today what would that mean? So today it means the same thing. But okay, fine, one is to become an alim, and that requires to learn classical Arabic and go through the Arabic texts. And then for the non-alim, it's the duty of the ulama to make as much ilm as possible, and especially as much ilm as they require to be available to them. Now, in this day and age, it's not just about language. Although, no doubt, a lot of things have to be put in the English language because that's the language of people today. But sometimes, a lot of it is about presentation. And if you see these works of the ulama in Urdu, if you read them more, the ones who are sort of better writers, a lot of it is about their presentation. Sometimes, Hazrat Hanran says, the way he explains something, it's just so amazing. You can't even find that in Arabic text, if you ask me. So I was giving the friends in Bolton yesterday an example. My ustaz in the Mufti course, he used to give us a challenge. Challenge what? That Shadrat Hanuminate has a tafsir, small tafsir, two volumes called Bayan Quran. And on the bottom of Bayan Quran, he has an Arabic. We call it Hashia. You can say marginal notes. And our ustaz would challenge us and he would point towards the library. And he'd say, you go and look in the big, big Arabic tafsir. Taken a tafsir, Razi, Tabri, etc. And you see if you can find anything critical that has a tanra they left out. And the cat that they found the sir may deke up quit is in the college of Hazan Chora. And we couldn't. We couldn't find anything. Somehow she sometimes did some ishara, some nukta, some way. And if anybody's read Banal Quran, the Arabic Hash is very dense. It's hard, it's halkarna, because very, you know, few words of the tanra is giving a big ishara. Hmm? So in today it would mean that you have to be able to explain things to people in English. You have to be able to teach people things in English. And especially those people who have doubts about ilm, who have doubts about the tradition of ulama, who have questions about hadith. Again, it may not be right now, those of you sitting in front of me in Sakharayam Masjid Duesburg, who have swalat on hadith. But don't think it's one or two people in this country. Even of Deobandi, Gujarati, Pakistani youth in this country, a lot of them have a lot of questions on Hadith. Ajeeb and Gharib questions. And this also goes back to a long time. The Mu'tazila, they created these doubts in people. Ibn Sina created these doubts in people. Whenever you have these different aqaid, it creates doubts in the hearts of people. Allah Ta'ala was a great muhaddith. He wrote a shara commentary on the Sahih Bukhari. And in his introduction he writes, he doesn't do commentary on every hadith. He writes and he laments that what is the problem with the youth today that they are using rationality to critique hadith. And therefore I'm going to write commentary on those hadith in the Sahih Bukhari that the Mu'tazila and others have raised objections on that this is against rationality. I just read this three weeks ago. I said, it sounds like he's talking about today. <laughs> this is writing is 1100 years ago. 1100 years ago, Lama Khattabi wrote this. 1100 years ago. I felt he was talking right now in 2017. I read it twice. I was so stunned. I lifted it and I went back. I thought, maybe, okay, this is the editor's introduction. What am I reading? Is it really Lama Khattabi's Muqaddama? Is it some modern editor's introduction? What is it? Ajeeb. To present the teachings of ilm today in a way that the people, their confidence in the ilm of deen is there. Hmm? 
This is something Allah Akbar. Sheikh Ashraf Ali Tanvir He was a master of this. So after Dalam Deoband was made, the British made this place called Aligarh Muslim University. Allah Akbar. The British saw, okay, these guys, we tried to kill so many of them and all this, and now they're coming back, and they made this institute, so we better than make an institute to counter them. So called Aligarh Muslim University. He went to Aligarh Muslim University. And he said, ask me all your questions. And he engaged in discussion with them. It's published. It's even translated in English. It's called Answer to Modernism. English is a little bit weak because there's a Desi who translated it. It's not, you know, your high British English. It's a bit of Desi English. But still, if you don't know, uh, you can read it. This is how these people, they took the ill right to the place. Again, was in ifta fatwa. But what does it mean? It's not some small question. They really looked at the issues, messiah, burning questions that the people had. And they sat down and made really thoughtful responses. One of Sheikh Ashraf Ali's major works is called Al-Hilatul Najizah. So what happened was at that time, so I should have to explain this very carefully, huh? but very firmly also, alright? So in, and you can just read this, so I will not be able to give you the full detail, so I'm going to explain something to you. To understand it fully, you will have to read all of Al-Hilatul Najizah by Sheikh Ashraf Ali so in that time, it came to his attention that there were some women who were suffering in their marriages due to negligent or abusive husbands. And obviously because as you know in Islam, the right of talaq is only with the man, right? Woman cannot issue talaq, wife cannot issue talaq to husband. But at the same time, what is she supposed to do in this situation? So Shaykh Ashraf Ali laid down some very, very strict and elaborate and detailed conditions that if all of those were met, so this cannot be because some places today they apply this a bit loosely, and then that's another fitna, right? But if all of those were met, then there could be something called fusk or annulling and abrogating the marriage. Unfortunately, most places, even England today, the people who are doing this are not doing it as strictly as Sheikh Rasul Falitanta wrote. Okay, that's all I can say about that. But the point is that he understood, he had his pulse on society. If thou wasn't just random Messiah, these Muftis were people who were, they were sociologists. They were Mahirin of the society, of the people, of the Urf, of the Ada, of the Rawaj, of the custom, of the culture, of the needs of people. And how to make people follow Sharia truly and sincerely and honestly in their time, in their culture, in their society, with whatever Messiah they are facing. This type of Ifta, this is what Sheikh Ashraf Ali was doing. Several volumes of this fatawa published now in Urdu called Dadul Fatawa. Then this this tradition continues. And you find it keeps going. So many we call them fatawa jad, Urdu collections of fatawa, on and on and on, even up till today. This is a theory of ill. This is an aspect of ill. So Akaid, ill. Third is called the
But the souls again we go back and begin with Hazrat Rashid Ahmadan. So there was a Shaykh, his name was Hazrat Haji Imdadullah Mahajan Makirimalatala. Haji Imdadullah Mahajan Makirimatala, his own first Shaykh was Naqshabandi. He gave bed to Naqshabandi Shaykh and that Naqshabandi Shaykh became Shaheed in jihad against the oppressor. Hmm? Yes. After his Shaykh became Shaheed, then he felt need again for a Shaykh. He gave bear to a second Shaykh. That second Shaykh was Chishti. This itself shows you what? Hazahazim Dadullah Mahajamakadantane did not have any ta'asub. He's not partisan that I'm only going to be this or I'm only going to be that. He's going for his Islam. He's going for his Tafiyah. He's going for who he feels is a person who can help him get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not that the first shaykh became shaykh, okay, I'll only bear to Naqshbandi now because I'm some Naqshbandi cult person. Not like that. Hmm? His own amal shows the ikhlas and sincerity. And then Allah Ta'ala blessed him, which is one of the most rare things in all of Islamic history. For any shaykh to even get one murid, like Malana Qasim Nanotri is an amazing thing. But for one shaykh to get a murid called and for the same Shaykh to get and for the same Shaykh to get Shaykh Abdul and for the same Shaykh to get Hazrat Shaykh Al Hind Mulan Mehmud Hassan etc. etc. is amazing. Allah Ta'ala blessed his Shaykh with Ajeeb Al Khareeb Ulama Muris. The Kibar Ulama, the most senior, accomplished, greatest Ulama of Hind at that time. All be compared to the shaykh. Now along with their ilm, they got a lot of the sulf. All of the sulf. Not that they don't think that shaykhs just give bear for barakat. Hmm? Hmm? No, 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 not like that. Hmm? And these ulama, they give bear, then they learn zikrullah. And they make kasrat and zikr. They make a lot of zikr of Allah subhanahu ta'ala. A lot of zikr. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of times, la ilaha illallah. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of times in one day, zikr of Allah, Allah, ism jalala, Allah. Hmm? And they kept doing this for years. Allah Ta'ala was creating a, a, a special group, awliya The ulama and awliya, both. Why? Because there was a work Allah Ta'ala wanted to take from them. And this is called the jadid deen the renewal of deen so if in anybody's chest there is the nur of ilm and the nur of the soul both then Allah Ta'ala uses that to renew and revive the deen now I'm going to show you a bit later but Allah Ta'ala is creating this platform creating these sifat creating these attributes creating these connections so I already explained to you first how Hazrat Rashid al purified the sawwur from any and all even slight misunderstandings, slight bidat, slight customary practices, so that it would come completely within the Sharia and Sunnah. Same thing that was done 300 years before him by Imam Rabani, Mujaddid al-Tasani, Shaykh Ahmed Sir Hindi Just like Hazrat Gagoy taught Hadith, which was done 250 years before him by Hazrat Shah Allah. Alright. Then next in the soul is Shaykh Ashabali Tanri Amtanai. 
after Hazrat Gangoi has purified that, Hazrat Han Ramdan becomes the master sheikh, the master teacher. So his sheikh, Hazrat Hajim Dada tells him, Ashraf Ali, you will go to Thanabam. Hanaki Sheikh Ashraf Ali Khan was such a great alim, he also could have been a big ustaz at Darulam Deoban, like Hazrat Shiraman Nagoi became Sheikh Hadith, later on as Sinamad Malimamta became Sheikh Hadith, right? All of his contemporaries became the big asatas of Darulam Deoban. But Sheikh Ashraf Tanaratan, no. Sheikh told him that you, you're not going to do that. You, you're going to go to Thanabam. Allah Akbar Kabira. A sheikh then didn't say to a sheikh, Sheikh, I'm big alim, I worked hard, I'm top of the class, why can't I teach? Like Rashid Ahmad and Hussain Ahmad Badni, at that point not Badni, like my friends Rashid Ahmad and Hussain Ahmad, he didn't think like that. Hmm? Sheikh said to go to Tanababan, he went to Tanababan. But, you can do that if you have a sheikh like Hazrat Hajim Dadullah Mahajim Makkidam Tanai. It is a shaykh like that, and yes, you must listen to what they do. If you have shaykh like us, then you have to make a lot of istikhara, a lot of mushroom with other people, and maybe think whether you should or should not listen to what we advise you. Yeah. He went to Tanabhavan. Okay, what does he do in Tanabhavan? Okay, in Tanabhavan you will run the Hanka. Hazrat Sahib had already set the foundation for Hanka. Hazrat Ashraf Ali Tanate leave Deoban, go to Tanabhavan, run Khanka, Allah Ta'ala starts sending all the ulama of Deoban to him. All. All the people who he might have actually taught as an ustad, had he been a teacher in Darul Deoban, he ends up being all of their sheikh in the Khanka of Tanabhavan. Yes? Mufti Muhammad Shafir Amtalai, Tari Muhammad Tayyib Amtalai, Muhammad Zafar Amtalai, Usman Amtalai, Hazrat Shah Basilullah Badr Amtalai, Hazrat Shah Basilullah Khanjlal Badr Amtalai, oh, on and on and on. And, and, to Tasneef Talib through his writings, he writes probably more ilmi works than any of the other, his contemporary, even Asatas of Darul Dhuban. And especially his writings on the Sawaf. Himself is like a mujadid of the Sawaf. Hazrat Malakam Razaman Sabalabadi, he says that Hazrat Han Ramtalai Tasawaf me mujadid te, or Hazrat Shah Usila Nabadi Tasawaf me mujadid te. Allah Akbar. Ajeeb. After this now, two, three things, Hazrat Hajim Dadla Mahajim Makkin Amtanai, Hazrat Rashid Amangangur Amtanai, and Hazrat Ashraf Ali Tanur Amtanai, there's a certain type of tasawwuf which is now created. Ek khas kism ki, khir paggir. What is that? So what had happened before in India, and then it happened in, in other parts of the Muslim world in history, was that in certain Sufi circles, you had, mashallah, a lot of love for Allah Ta'ala, ishkilahi, a lot of love for Rasulullah sallam, a lot of jazba, passion, wajd, hal. But, there were some little indiscretions in terms of sharia and sunnah. Then you had some other places where, mashallah, they were very firm on sharia and sunnah, but they didn't have that jazba, they didn't have that ishq, they didn't have that passion. So between Hazrat Hajim, Dadullah, Mahajim Makki, Hazrat Kangoi, Hazrat Tahan, Ramtalai, these two things became merged. 
this became then the special quality of Dubandita Sabur. And, and it's not even Nakshabandir Chisti, I'm going to call Dubandita Sabur. I'll explain this a little bit more. What? It has Ihtidal and Ihtiyat, but it also has Jazba and Ishq. It had Wusa. Means it has all the passion and love and craze and feelings and spiritual ecstasy while having all of the Sharia and the Sunnah and balance and perspective. And then what happened historically in that area? So let me show you another thing. Who, I mean, other than Mulanar Kalsam Nanotri, Mulanar Shida, Mulanar who became the ordinary students? Because obviously then when Dalam Devan started, these are the famous luminaries. But there were then, there were started many students were coming. So the peers and the Khankas all across what today is India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, they started sending the Murids to Devan. Like today, it's the Barak of Tablighi Jamaat mostly, and like we say in Pakistan at least, that Madaris Aksar of Tablighi Barakat Sayabadi. Because people go and do da'wah on someone, then he comes on deen, then he makes need to make his child an alim, so he sends his child to the mother's son, right? At that time, because this is, I'm going to tell you the history of the Biliki Jamaat, but that's coming, that's not started yet. I'm still at the Hazak and Goy stage, right? At that time, where were the students coming from? At that time, the students were coming from the peers and the Hankas, the shoes. This is one of the hidden things most people don't know about history. And then what happened is those Marines of those shuyukh, because they learned from Hazrat Madni, Hazrat Ngoi, these great Asatiza, they took this Dilbani Tasawuf back with them. So then all of the Turuk and Silsila, whether Qadri, Naqshamandi, or Chishti, because by that time almost Surawardi Silsila had vanished and faded. All these three came under the Dilbani Usul of Tasawuf. The method of zikr, yes, might be Qadri, Naqshamandi, or Chishti. But the understanding of the soul was that which I told you. Ishq, jazba, hal, spiritual, but etiyat, etidal, shariat, and sunnah. And so then this was a big khidmat that these akabar of Deoband did of all of the soul. So in Qadri Sosla, because we know a little bit more about Pakistan, but these are people who are not so famous perhaps to some of you in you know, UK, South Africa type places. But to give you an example of two very big Qadri shiukh, the one was Hazrat Sheikh Ahmed Ali Bahoyri, big mufassir of Quran, big muwahid. He did a lot of effort in the Aqidah Tawheed in Pakistan also. And Qadri Sheikh, Allah Akbar, Ajeeb Sheikh. You know, Hazrat Khwaja Ghulam Habib Ramtale, when his own Sheikh, Hazrat Khwaja Abdul Malik Siddiq Ramtale, used to be on traveling and suffer. And Hazrat Lam Bibati used to come to Lahore and sit in the company of Shaykh Ahmad Ali Lahore Ramtale. And then a great Qadi, another Shaykh, his name was Hazrat Mulana Muhammad Abdullah Darkhasti Ramtale, one of the greatest Muhaddithin in Pakistan. Hmm? Even Shaykh Ladisma Zakari Ramtale, when he used to come to Pakistan, he used to go visit Hazrat Darkhasti. He used to look up to Hazrat Darkhasti in Hadith. Ajeeb Muhaddithin. So these were two big Qadri Shaykh, just to give an example, that there are some small lines left. Hmm? But all of them fell under this teaching. So the true Deobandi Sufi, whether he is Naqshabandi or Chishti or Qadri, falls under the teaching of these three Akabar. Then Shaykh Ashavali Tan Ramtalai in the realm of Tasawwuf, what was he doing basically? So whenever you need to revive Deen, you need two things. 
ایک یو نیڈ انسٹیٹیوشن ادارہ اینڈ نمبر ٹو یو نیڈ افراد یو نیڈ انڈیویجولس ادارہ افراد کے بغیر کوئی فائدہ نہیں یو ہیو ان انسٹیٹیوشن بلڈنگ اینڈ دس از آر کرنٹ اسٹیٹ ان لاٹ آف پلیسز یو ہیو ونڈرفل بلڈنگز کلاس رومز پروجیکٹر اسکرینز آل آف دیٹ آل انفراسٹرکچر بٹ یو ڈونٹ ہیو دوز پیپل رائٹ اینڈ ایف یو ہیو پیپل اینڈ دین یو ہیو اے گروپ آف پیپل دے نیڈ اے پلیٹ فارم دے نیڈ انسٹیٹیوشن سو دارالم دیوبند اوکے دیٹس ڈن نوئی دے میڈ اٹ تو وہ ہیز اے تھان آف دین تھان بابن ہی از ناٹ میکنگ این انسٹیٹیوشن یو گو تھان بابن دے رائٹ ناؤ نتھنگ از گوئنگ آن دیر ہارڈلی اینی تھنگ از گوئنگ آن نتھنگ دیر وہ افراد کو تیار کر رہے تھے پیپل دس واز دا میسٹر کرافٹ آف دا شیخ ٹو لائک دے سی ان کرافٹ کسی چیز کو تیار کرنا سو دیر بی اے کرافٹس مین who prepares something, let's say some wood piece, and he's making it, shaping it, polishing it, and then he's ready. That's what Hazrat Tanatha was doing. So in Darlam Deoban, these ulama learned the ilm, then they would go to Tanabhavan, and they would get the polish of the nur of the zikr of Allah SWT. Then, also at this time now, next, same time, but slightly junior, but same time, as Hazrat Tanatha is Hazrat, Mulana Hussain Ahmad Mandi Naam Tamai. Now we're getting closer to the time of independence, right? Closer to 1947. At this time, Hazrat Mandi Naam Tamai, till first let me tell you before that, that Hazrat Mandi Naam Tamai was the great Mahadis. Such a great Mahadis that he actually taught Hadith in Medina Munawara and Masjid Nabui by one account, 18 years, one account, I said 12 years, but all for many years. And for an Indian to teach The Arabs is a big thing. But for an Indian to teach Arabs in Medina Munawara, in Masjid Nabwi, is a huge thing. Hmm? That is, itself speaks volumes about his level of the knowledge of Hadith. Hence he is known as Shaykh al-Arab al-Ajam. Khair, when Hazrat Muhammad came back to India after his time of teaching in Medina Munawara, it was his farasat that he saw now, Allahu Alam, He saw the athar, he saw the signs that British colonial rule is going to come to an end. And then other people began to see because this started to become clear. So as you know, if you know your history, then they came, started this discussion that if you want the British leave, what should happen? Should all of India remain as one country or should the Muslim majority areas separate out and become another country? India, Pakistan, all right? So Sheikh Ashraf Ali Khan Ramtanai, his position was that it would be better for the Muslim majority countries to separate out so that they could have a Muslim country, Islamic state. I mean, little did he know <laughs> that in Pakistan the seculars would take over. He didn't know that at that time, right? So you have to understand, you cannot say Hazrat Tharata wanted the Pakistan of today to exist. That's not what you can say, you have to go in history. What he wanted was that the Muslims should have a Muslim homeland, Muslim nation-state, where the rules would be according to deen of Islam. All right? Shaykh Hazrat Hussain Ahmad Mani he felt that no, if the Muslims in the Muslim majority areas become a separate country, then the Muslims who live in India, Gujarat, not Muslim majority area, when they remain behind, then they will be such a small minority now that they will be in a dangerous situation. So it's better that we all stay together. Hmm? 
So there is a difference of opinion between these two. One of the best ways to understand this, by the way, and anybody who wants to read more later on this whole concept of who the Akabra of the one are, to Hazrat Sheikh of the Sri Mulatana. Muhammad Mekabi Hazrat ko lakum deta ho khatamul Akabra. Haan. Yani unke baad bas akabra hai. Wo aakhir Akabra. Khatamul Akabra. So he's written a book called Abbiti, which is his own life. And in his life, because he was like the last, you know, like we have these, uh, I mean, don't do mubalag on this, I'm just doing a guess. Like we have some of these Tabin who are the last ones to meet Sahabakram. Hmm? And they were the ones who were the master teachers of Tabai Tabin. So he met Sahabakram from Tabin and he taught lots of Tabai Tabin because he lived like nine years old. Does the Sheikh Ladi something like that? He met all these Akabras, the Tanvi, the Matni, etc. Oh, so many. Has a Raipuri, right? Has a Sarampuri. And then he lived long enough to tell their tales and stories to so many people afterwards. So one of the greatest ways you can experience that is if you read his Abbiti. And he also has a good book specifically on this topic of the Hazrat Tanvi, the Matni, called Al-Ittidal. And both of these are English. I mean, they're not due, but they've both been translated into English. And in fact, that's the best window into that historical period. It's a beautiful uh, two books to read. So here, Hazrat Hussein Abin Maninata's position also was this, that before the British came, who was ruling India was the Mughals, who was Muslims. So before the British came, it was Muslim rule. When the British leave, it should go back to Muslim rule. But if the Muslims separate out into Pakistan, then it won't go to Muslim rule. Hazrat Hussein he understood when the British leave, they're going to leave behind democracy. And in democracy, it will be the majority who runs the country. And even if all the Muslims stay behind, still the Hindus will be the majority. So when the British leave, it's not going to come to us. And the Hindus will be the majority, it will be Hindu rule. So the, and then, that's it, it's over. So better at least as many Muslims as can should live under Muslim rule. Khair, this was the difference of opinion between the two of them. But this was another major thing of Hazrat Madhuri Mulatala. Hazrat Madhuri Mulatala Sheikh, I mean in one sense a Sheikh with Hazrat Haji Mladulalam but then another person before him, so to go a bit backward, Hazrat Sheikh of Hind Ramatala. Hazrat Sheikh of Hind was the real actual. Now people call it Madni Soch, but the real origin of this Soch is Hazrat Sheikh of Hind Ramatala. And he, you know, he was imprisoned in Malta, and Hazrat Madhuri Mulatala was imprisoned along with him. And obviously Hazrat Sheikh Al-Hindranta passed away anyway before uh, independence and partition. So Isko Khulasa is siyasat. Not siyasat like what today people call politics. But siyasat means the collective ahwal of mu'minin. This was also something that the ulama Durban kept their pulse on. Also something that the ulama Durban were aware of. And Hazrat Sheikh Al-Hind, Hazrat Mawad al Madinamtale are two good examples of that. Right. So, Akai, Ilm, Tasawwuf. Alright? So, Sheikh Ashabli Tanrimatala has written also some very important works about Tasawwuf. But those are a little bit harder in Urdu, and therefore nobody's even yet attempted to translate them into English. Kya hmm? kare? But few of you know Urdu, you will benefit a lot, especially if you read the Biyatul Salik, which will give you a good. Uh, so I did a little bit of this in Bolton and our friend told me that it went over everybody's head. So better not do it in Dewsbury. Otherwise, I had actually 
read a few things out in English from Tirbiyat al-Salik. So Tirbiyat al-Salik is two thick volumes, alhamdulillah, of uh, how Hazrat Hanvi used to train his students. Hmm? It's maybe the most pure, khalas, tasawwuf thing you can find in the last hundred years. So those who know Urdu, especially ulama, Maldives, Maldisha graduates, you should try to read this book. Khair. Next thing is called Dawa. Aqaid, Ilm, Tasawwuf, and Dawa. Now, Dawa requires a platform. Dawa requires that there should be a group of people whose Aqaid are correct, who have the Ilm, who have the Taqwa, Haya, love for Allah SWT, feelings of Deen, Tasawwuf. So, who did Allah Ta'ala raise for this effort? In the ulama Dilban, his name was Hazrat Mulana Muhammad Ilyas Rimmatala. Hazrat Mulana Ilyas Rimmatala was a very strong alim. Don't get me wrong, very capable alim. Had he chosen to go that route, he would have also been one of the greatest shuyukh of hadith in history. Very strong alim. Second, he was a very strong Sufi. Extreme Sufi. Extreme Sufi. But they write about his life, Kasrat al-Zikr. Hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of Zikr. Third, he also had a lot of fikr for Ahwal al-Mu'mini. Same, it's not different. You don't look at the results, you have to look at the soch. He is Madni. You don't have to make a political party to be Madni. To be Madni and to follow the teaching of Shaykh al-Hind just means you have fikr for Ahwal al-Mu'mini for the condition and state of the believers. So, had, so basically, Hazrat Ilyas Ta'ala is coming in the picture when all of these things have come. He's a product of his environment. He is the spiritual son of Hazrat Tanvi, of Hazrat Badni, of Hazrat Sheikh Al-Hind, of Hazrat Gungui, of Hazrat Hajim Dadlam, of Hazrat He didn't come out of nowhere. He came out of somewhere. Hmm? You understand? Now what did he see? He saw something that in the ordinary people the masses now alhamdulillah Allah blessed because he saw Allah was blessed was very strong by his time Darulam Dirban was very strong with Tanabad very strong movement now and what he felt is we have to take all this nur and we must disperse it to all of the people this now blessing that Allah has given us is an amanat and this amanat now is ready and this amanat has to be mass distributed to all of the people, not just in India, all of the ummat. This was his figure. So Allah Ta'ala raised him for this work of Dawah. So, this Jamaat al Tabriq, its origin is Hazrat Mulana Ilyas, heartfelt figure for the ummah. Now, when he would go out, and then his original few, it starts always with a few people. His original few associates who went out, they had so much nur and taqwa, so much fikr. So they didn't have to do tashkeel hmm? and tell people to come with them for three days, forty days. Hmm? Oh, people couldn't let go of them. They would go to some locality, like started in the Mewatis, and they said, okay, now we're going to move on. So the people fell in love with them. Like, what do you mean move on? We're going to the next village. But we love you too much, we can't, we've fallen in love with you in just a couple of days that you've been here. So we're going to come with you. Hmm? So in Urdu they said, 
This is a caravan of Ishk. Because they kept going. (laughs) They kept going, kept going, kept going, kept going, and then all of you know the rest of the history. Dawud. And this is the climax of the Durban movement. That all, no, let me take, all of this has to be given to the people. That's why I even call khidma. Every alam, every sufi, every mufassir, every muhaddith, every shaykh, every mufti, ultimately it's about khidmat. You have to serve. You have to deliver it to the ummat. This was Hazrat Mawlana Muhammad Ibn al now if you go back in history, go back right to the start of Sahabai what you will find in history, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in different stages of history took a widespread work of deen from different branches of deen. So, in the time of Sahabai Karam in Tabi, first hundred years after the Prophet passed away, the widespread widest spread of deen took place through jihad fi sabilullah but I can't talk to you about that right now take it widespread alright second after that in the time of the tabai tabi for another you can say 100-200 years goes through ilm goes through the halakas of hadith gatherings of quran through the works of muhaddithin ulama mufassirin fuqaha so and it was very ilmi muhab so many people used to attend the gatherings of the Hadith scholars. There's one Hadith scholar who's written about him that when he used to give dars of Hadith, there were 1,100 human speakers who would knuckle his teaching to others. At that time, there was no mic and speaker. Hmm? So how did the people hear? So he would speak, then the people who could hear him, they would tell the person behind them, and then they would tell the 1,100 human speakers, human repeaters. Hmm? So you think to yourself, if there are 1100 people who are repeating the hadith, then how many thousands of people must there have been in that gathering? So for a couple of hundred years it was through ilm. Then, from you can say about three, four hundred hijri, to until the colonial period, until about 1200 hijri, for 800 years it was through the sawaf. The awliyaullah, when they would walk on this earth, they would spread the deen of Islam. He would just walk in India, that's it. All he had to do was walk. He pedals him out, everything He would walk. And when he would walk in India and interact with the Hindus, one by one by one by one, the Hindus were accepting Islam. So much so that all historians, Hindu historians, atheist historians, Muslim historians say that one man converted hundred thousand Hindus into Muslims. One man. That's a jamaat in himself. It's tariq. One person. And he's the more famous one. There are many awliyaullah like that. Indonesia, Malaysia has its own stories. Africa has its own stories. This is the story of India, Turk, Kurds, Uzbekistan, Tajik. So many stories. Awliyaullah was the reason for the spread. Then colonialism took place. That's another story, but colonialism hit everything. Everything. Ill went down, the Soviet went down. Oh. Then, at least in our part of the world, in South Asia, this movement of Deoban came up, and then Allah Ta'ala took the most widespread work of deen through Dawah. 
in my view personally, is that we are going to be in the age of Dawah all the way up to when Imam Midr comes. This is the final age. Dawah. But Dawah is so arm. Dawah is not restricted only to just the Zikr Jamaat. Everybody has to do Dawah. Every Alam has to use his ilm for Dawah. Every Sheikh has to use the Sabah for Dawah. Every Mufakir who is thinking about Ahwal al-Muslimin must figure out how to use that for Dawah. Everyone has to do Dawah. Every spouse has to do Dawah on their spouse. Every parent has to do Dawah on their children. Every teacher has to do Dawah on their students. It's all about Dawah. All about Dawah. All of this. But at the same time, meanwhile, simultaneously, you also have to keep working on the platform. So Hazrat Mulana Ilyas had a launching pad. <laughs> That's called Hazrat Gangoi, Hazrat Tanvi, Hazrat Badni. He had a launching pad. Hmm? So it depends how strong the launching pad is, then you will be able to launch. Hmm? So you have to put a lot of effort in the launching pad as well. Hmm? And now you do it for the niyat of dawah. Hmm? So the madaras have to be stronger, the khankas have to be stronger, ulama have to be stronger, youth have to be stronger. Otherwise, that support, that base for Dawah becomes weak. So if you ask me if there are ever any problems or fitna in Dawah effort, it's because of us. It's because the base became weak. So don't blame it on the people of Dawah. It's the ulama and shuk who should get the blame. Because we were the launching pad. When the launching pad gets weak, and then obviously, when the, when the home base, base camp is weak, then what's going to go out there on the front lines? Big problem. So, Hazrat Malana Malamad Ilyas Ramadan's basic fikr was that every mu'min should have their basic iman, basic ibadat, basic faraj. Not that every mu'min becomes alim or sufi or zakir or wali. We love that, but that's not practically possible. So, dawah, dawah, dawah. It's also from the work of Ulamaya Uliya Dilban. And like I told you, he was a great alim, great wali. Hmm? This also is explained to you because a lot of people have this misunderstanding. They think only Shaykh Tariqat is waliullah. This is wrong. Allah Ta'ala has many awliyaullah. And he takes many different works from his awliyaullah. If Hazrat Malala Ilah strictly speaking is not a Shaykh Tariqat, doesn't mean he's any less of a wali than Hazrat Shaykh Uddhisman because Shaykh Uddhis had many khulafa. Alright? Allah Ta'ala takes different work from his awliya. Sometimes there's some, even awliya Ta'ala takes hidden work from them. Maybe we don't even know who they are and what they're doing. Hmm? Not everything is public. Hmm? <coughs> this is the karam and fazl. So, so many awliya ulama. And I've just gone through the most famous names with you. Even I've left a few famous alama and rishakas with the many famous names even we haven't done. Right? So many, so many, so many. So then, if we have such a rich history, then what a big tragedy it is that today those of us who we like to call ourselves Dilbandi, hmm? how far we are from those elders. Hmm? They say, hmm? how far has the apple fallen from the tree? Allah hmm? Akbar, very far, hmm? very far. So now it's not just about using the word on Dilbandi. Hmm? What is that? That's, that has no meaning. 
We need the reality, and that reality is, goes back to Sadiq Ram that Allah has made. You know, the reality of a guy is ilm, tasawwuf, dawa, all for the sake of khidmah. This is what's missing. The hakikat, asliyat. Hakikat and asliyat. If we could somehow revive that in our communities, and alhamdulillah, in some ways, so especially let's say like places like Dewsbury and Blackburn and places like that, you have at least institutionally the platform, you have the numbers, you have lots of Maldives, lots of Madrasa graduates, you have quite a few Sufi Murids running around or different shayukh, you have mashallah, markas here, you have many people involved in dawah, you have all the ingredients. now you understand, I gave you a new way of looking at it. To take everything from Hazrat Haji Saab, Hazrat Ngoi, Hazrat Hanbi, all the ilm, all the wilayat, take all of that and give that to the people. That's called Dawat of Hazrat Muhammad Ali Asa. That's why it had an effect. Hmm? You know, I was in one country, uh, I don't want to take his name, but it's, it's a European country, it was on England, right? So, there the work was very patna. So I'd shown up, I was there for a few months. So they asked me, Lord Mutab Mehranta, they asked me, that can you, right? I said, no, what, am I, what can I, I don't even know the language of this country. It's a different language, it's not an English-speaking country. I said, I don't even know the language, I'm just going to be here for a few months, I don't know anything about this country. Hmm? Tajib, you know, to do work in these type of places, a lot of effort. Hmm? And mashallah, who oh, you had, mashallah, Hazrat Hafiz Patel, he is Dubandi. Don't just call him just the bit, you get the whole thing. Hmm? Full, full strength, full dose. Hmm? Full dose. Hmm? And he's sitting here making fikr in Ghan and South, South America. I have some friends like that. They're living in South America, Hijrat. Hmm? Not even just that, Hijrat, they're living in, they're South Africans, they're living in South America. And then they're them and their wives learning Spanish, or Portuguese secret, or Spanish secret. Hmm? All the figure of this one, Waliullah, Waliullah. Sufi bi, Tabliki bi, Dai bi, Wali bi. Hazrat Hafiz Patel Allah Ta'ala. That's called Dawat. That's called Dawat. We need all of it. Ajeeb gift Allah Ta'ala gave us. We're so lucky. I told you, when I was saying, Hazrat Haji Sahib, we'd be so lucky to even have one breed like that. We're so lucky. We would be lucky to even have one of these akabir. We'd be so lucky even to just have one of their names that we belong to that tradition. And we have so many of them. So many of them. We are This is what we are. It goes on and on. If I go to third generation, there are a lot of people. Another figure, another search. But the production has stopped. Very few people left now like that.
So you people who are younger or non-ulama, hmm, don't think this is some high-level stuff only for ulama and some high-level stuff. No, 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 no. You have to claim your history. Own your history. You must know your history. You must know your account. <coughs> Alhamdulillah, there's so many books about their lives. There's so many books about their teachings. Their halat, their malfuzat, their lives, their teachings, their words, their sayings. You need to know it. You need to read it. You need to study it. This should be your pastime instead of surfing on the net and doing all types of random things. You should have a thirst for this. Hmm? The women also. It's not something although taking all the people all the people whose names we took were men. But you know, their writings and works and teachings brought about a transformation in the women also. All the women should be reading all of these things. And then you will feel yakin in your heart. You will feel happy. Alhamdulillah. Allah Ta'ala made me from this legacy of these type of makabah. Hmm? you. That's coffee, man. Hmm? How much can you people take? So this was just a small presentation to us for us to appreciate the ahmiyya, huh? the importance of who these people are and, and to value more our connection with them. And that we're everything from sabbat. Yeah, outwardly, your time, everybody's time is limited. You, somebody may give a bit more time to something, less time to something. But in reality, you're everything. You're everything. That's what it means to be Tilpantri. And that was the beautiful thing. And this is what you'll really understand if you read those books I told you about Sheikh Ladis from Allah Abiti and Alif Tadab. That these ulama, even when, so I gave this example yesterday, that even when what they wanted didn't happen, they still did work of deen. So Hazrat remember, he did not want Pakistan to happen, right? He felt that everything should stay together. But as you all know in history, what happened, Pakistan happened, right? So what Hazrat Mandiri wanted, that India should stay undivided, it didn't happen. Okay, so what happened afterwards? Because Hazrat Mandiri passed away before partition, Hazrat Mandiri lived even after partition, even after independence. After independence, after partition, Hazrat Mandiri used to go to East Pakistan, later it became Bangladesh, but he passed away before it became Bangladesh. He used to go to East Pakistan so much that anybody who knows Bangladesh knows that there's so many students of Hazrat Mandiri there, so many khulafa of Hazrat Mandiri there, so many murids of Hazrat Mandiri there. He didn't think that, okay, I didn't want this to happen, so forget it, I'm not going to go minerals on the few Pakistan jobs. Hmm? He went over and over and over and over again. So this is also their zarf and their busa. They're going to do work of deen. Okay, maybe something happened, they they're still going to do work of deen. It doesn't matter. This is the level of da'wah and khidmat that they will do. This is one of the greatest examples that our Kabra had, and this is maybe the greatest thing that we've lost. This spirit of being one, of being together, of working for deen in any way, every way, different ways, multiple ways. May Allah give us tawfiq to become more like them, to remain in the shade of their shadow, under the guidance of their lives and their words, and to bless, to you know, to get the blessings of the du'as that they used to make. Hmm? All of this is their du'a, you know that? Hazrat Shaykh al-Hind, Hazrat is sitting in a British jail in Malta. 
and the duas they made, that's why you have Dhubandi, Marcus and Dilbert. Hmm? Hmm? British, British could never have imagined. Hmm? <laughs> you think? Once I was in Leicester, and I walked past this house, and it said like Colonel something on it. And it was, you know, one of those, you know, like houses in your IDA, it must have been some Muslim. So I was thinking, Colonel, whoever he was, probably was involved in the colonial effort in India. Colonel would have never dreamed in his wildest imagination that hundred years later these same Indian Muslims are going to be living in my house and they would have made masjid darlums all over my neighborhood. Look how much Allah has blessed this community with. But instead of honoring that, you know how many fitnas there are in this in all, not this specifically, but generally, all the Muslim communities in England. So much divorce. So much zina. Yes. So much. Allah I'm stunned. And I'm only telling you the cases that people come to me about, but I can just imagine how much there is, because that's the statistics when you learn so that they teach you. For every reported case, there's so many unreported cases. Hmm? So much fitna. You name it, whatever it is. Smoking. Even fitna. Am I not sure? You're not sure. Huh? Maybe fitna. Maybe fitna. Jochi's nabi kuni satsta, wo ummati kuni satsta. That's the fatwa you need to know in smoking. Don't go into this debate with me as it haram or makru at tahrimi. Just answer me the question, could you imagine Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa doing it? And if you can't, and if you see the blasphemy, to gustakhi it. Why do you gustakhi it? What you Nabi ko nahi satsta, wo aap ko bhi nahi satsta, kiyunki aap unhi ki ummati hai, kisi or ke to nahi hai na? Aap ke Nabi hai, aap unhi ki ummati hai. So all the whole range is there. From smoking all the way to drugs, to zina, in Muslim communities. In Deobandi Muslim communities. You pick them. Allahu Akbar Kabira. Wow, Allahu Akbar. Big problems, big serious problems. Serious, serious issues. Scary issues. Sometimes, even me, when I tell my very close friends, sometimes I say, I'm actually. I don't know if I can come back to England sometimes. I also get shocked. It takes a lot to shock me now. But still I can get shocked. <laughs> you have to make have gum, have fikr, make dua. Hmm? And that's the real thing really. All of dawah is also not to make somebody Sufi or Durbandi or Tabliki or Tishti or something. Dao is to make somebody muttaqi. All dao is for one reason, that they should leave sin and they should obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So alhamdulillah, there's a lot of success also. Dao are making people muttaqi, shayukh are making people muttaqi, effort of jamaat, tabliq is making people muttaqi. But when you make fikr, you have to look at what's left, who's missing, who's absent. Who's failing? Who's falling? Who needs help? Hmm? There's a lot of people out there. Why is it that when a sheikh travels and visits, people even ask me these questions? It's clear that there's a lot of problems. Hmm? 
There's a lot of problems. Why would you ask somebody who's visiting your town for just one or two days? Hmm? There's a lot of problems. The people need a lot of help. They need a lot of counseling. They need du'as. They need nasiha. They need nasiha. They need somebody who is compassionate with them. There's a lot that people need. So I'm telling you as a visitor, as a traveler, there's still a lot of work left to be done. There's still a lot of needs that are going unfilled. There's still a lot of people slipping through the cracks, even in places like Dewsbury, Blackburn, and Leicester. Even in these places. Although, alhamdulillah, you have very strong people as well, and very strong communities as well. But for us, this is Hazrat Mawlana Ilas is fickle, you understand? Every one counts. Not even one should be left. That was his gum. Ajeeb fikr. Allah Akbar Kabira. Mara, Allah Ta'ala, give us tawfiq. May Allah Ta'ala give us the correct understanding and Allah Ta'ala protect us from every incorrect understanding. It's easy to talk about the Akabar, but it's not easy to become like them. It's not difficult to, I can talk to you for hours about them. There are lots of stories, we've read the books, that's like, yeah, I can knuckle you story after story after story with knuckle it. Hmm? But actually to transform yourself and to become like them, oh, that's a real task. Forgive us for all the ignorance we still have in deen. Forgive us for all the ghafla in our salah. Forgive us for, Ya Rab, all the sins that we ever did. Forgive us for, Rab, our lack of haya. Forgive us, Ya Rab, for our lack of akhlaq. Ya Rabbi Kareem, make us true mu'mineen. Salihin mu'mineen. Zakirin mu'mineen. Muttaqeen mu'mineen. Ya Rabbi Kareem, grant us the sifat and ahwal and tarz of all of the akabra of the ummah. Sahabi, Kram, Tabeen, Tabai Tabeen, Mufassirin, Muhaddisin, Fuqaha, Usuliyin, Uliyai, Kamilin, Siddiqeen, Shuhada, Salihin, from every time, from every age, from every culture, from every place. In Ya Rabbi Kareem, grant us nisbat with our Akabri Hind, Akabri Dilban, all these great ulama and uliya whose names we took today. Ya Rabbi Kareem, let us learn from their teachings benefit from their sayings. Let us have the same jazba and ishq for deen that they had, the same fikr and gham for the ummah that they had. Accept us for the khidmat of deen. Accept us for dawat of deen. Grant us ilm of deen. Grant us a true deep baqaid, ya Rabbi Kareem. Accept us, ya Rabb, for the nur of your zikr, the hal of your zikr, the reality of your zikr. Ya Allah, ya Rabbi Kareem. Ya Rabbi Kareem, gulaan ka maaf farma, rahmat ka maamla farma. اپنے اکابر کے نقش قدم پر چلنے کی توفیق نصیب فرما ان کی سمجھ نصیب فرما ان کی پہچان نصیب فرما ان کے حالات ملفوظات میں جو بھی ہمارے ہدایت کا سبب ہے ہمیں یا رب ہدایت یافتہ بنا امت کی خدمت کے لئے قبول فرما دین کی دعوت کے لئے قبول فرما ہر ایک امتی ہر گھر ہر کونے میں یا رب دین کے پیغام پہنچانے کے لئے قبول فرما ہر ساتھی ہر نوجوان ہر بچہ بچی کو یا رب فتنہ سے محفوظ فرما 
جس خجور کا زمانہ ہے چاروں طرف فساد ہے میرے بکریم رحمت کا معاملہ فرما کرم کا معاملہ فرما ہمارے تمام نوجوان نسل کو یا رب ایمان کی حفاظت فرما ایمان کی سلامتی نصیب فرما با زندگی نصیب فرما عزت والے زندگی نصیب فرما ہر قسم کی عرب بے حیائی ہوش آچی سے محفوظ فرما ہر قسم کی عرب ذلت سے محفوظ فرما اپنے رحمت کرم فضل سے عرب ہمیں دین پر چلا دینداری نصیب فرما دین میں مضبوطی نصیب فرما استقامت عطا فرما اچھے اعمال نیکیوں کرنا نصیب فرما برا اعمال گناہ چھوڑنا نصیب فرما نیک سالے متقی اور سیدھا سادہ سچا ستھرا زندگی یہ ہمیں نصیب فرما بکریم جس کے دل میں جو تمنا ہے دلی پکار ہے جو اچھے ارادہ رکھ رہے ہیں آپ سے مانگ رہے ہیں یعنی بکریم سب کے دلی دعاؤں کو قبول فرما ربنا تکم الرحیم وصلی اللہ تعالیٰ سیدنا محمد وصحبہ اجمعین برحمت کے یار ہمارا